Director of Albert and Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, originally scheduled guest, was uh, prospect writer Mark Hewlett. That was the originally scheduled guest. However, uh, owing to uh, circumstances outside of Mark Hewlett's control, um, circumstances outside of Mark Hewlett's control, he was unable to appear on this edition of Fangraphs Audio. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, when I received that message, in fact, when I received that message on Friday uh, early afternoon, I was actually having lunch with uh, Knockgrass contributor, contributor to uh, the various SB Nation blogs, and formerly of uh, the Platoon Advantage, uh, with uh, what he refers to as his heterosexual life partner, Bill Parker. Uh, I was eating lunch with all uh, the person who does all those things, Michael Bates. Uh, it occurred to me to invite Bates and uh, then to be the guest, in fact, on this edition of Fangraphs Audio. And uh, as one is, who is constantly looking outward for uh, affirmation of his self-worth, uh, Michael Bates consented immediately. Uh, so it was that we reconvened uh, minutes later at the Brass Ring, which is a bar in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Brass Ring. And we commenced a conversation which lasted for an hour, uh, the first 10 minutes of which uh, was... Not fit for, not fit for reproduction here, and of course the second ten minutes of which was also probably not fit uh, for reproduction, but which I've included in what follows anyway, uh, because otherwise we'd have basically zero minutes of content, and this is not uh, reasonable. This is not a reasonable thing to do. Uh, at some point in the conversation, things actually do stop being completely awkward. Uh, they simmer down to just uh, mostly awkward. Uh, we also get a little real with each other. We spend a little bit of time getting real. And then um, things are amped back up to awkward uh, towards the end when uh, Bass asks me about um, about my virginity and, and where I may or may not have left it. Um, and, then the, and then this episode promptly ends. Uh, another thing that's ending is the introduction to this episode of Fangraphs Audio, uh, an, an episode which features Michael Bates on Fangraphs Audio, all of which begins right now. Are the twins actually, if I'm mistaken, because I'm not going to pay attention to the twins. No, why would you? Um, I believe actually the other day, you know, of course, uh, well, I shouldn't say of course, but I, I think you know that... Uh, at the site daily, I will produce the nerd scores for yes. all the games. Um, the White Sox Twins game from Wednesday, I think, received. This was the Pelfrey Axelrod was, game. Was this the lowest score on record? I believe. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily on record, but of the season, I believe it was a one. Yep, and it had a lot to do with Mike Pelfrey. Yep. Uh, although Dylan Axelrod was not helping, pitchers were weighted more heavily, and I think that makes sense. Yep. Because a lot of the enjoyment of the game, you know, they're they're constantly on the mound. Yep. Um, or you know, at least. In the case of Pelfrey and Axelrod, they're at least going to be there for four and a third innings. <laughs> um, but that was one of the, the lowest. Uh, that received one of the lowest scores. Of course, the White Sox have been uh, miserable offensively yes. so far this season. Probably below what their actual talent is. Uh, well, but Dave, Dave Cameron talked about Dave Cameron, who uh, who you have on this podcast fairly regularly, right? To analyze all baseball, yeah. Uh, talked about uh, kind of the change in approach that they. Have advocated. They, they've advocated, and that seems to be fairly disastrous. Um, although Jeff Keppinger did draw a walk last night, that's exciting. Right, Thursday night. Yeah, it's actually, and it actually brings up, I guess, the question is that um, I think I think we could say 
I think we could say, uh, generally speaking, players have like a sort of innate set of skills, right? Yeah. I mean, we could take Adam Dunn, for example. And okay. Adam Dunn's been discussed at the site. Adam Dunn, if you're letting him be Adam Dunn, um, is is going to hit home runs. He's going he's to... He's going to be Adam Dunn. He's going to, right, he's going to be Adam Dunn. And, no, because his his skill set, his offensive approach is so extreme, right. it's more easy to see. But I think, generally speaking, players have players have things that they do well. Right, right, right. And you say, do, you say, do that, be yourself, and then... But what, it, what the White A Sox... A good appear life to be, lesson. But what the White Sox appear to be doing is they appear to... They appear to be, or ha- have tried, it seems, have appeared to alter alter the skills of some of their players yeah. or ask players. Which, no, listen, it, it, should, it should be made very clear. Um, there are actual baseball professionals uh, in sure. the White Sox sure. front office and their field staff, etc. Um, Who know vastly more than we do. Yes, precisely. <clears throat> but it does. Anytime you ask a, um, especially a veteran player. Uh, to think about what he's doing, it would. I think it would be a. It's a bad idea because um, I mean I've even a little limited. You know I played through high school baseball, and I know that I mean certainly one now of the things. Bragging. Certainly one of the things that made me a not great hitter was the fact that I was very aware of what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Mostly the thing of, of which I was aware was that um, my eyesight was not good enough to be able to pick up an 80 mile per hour fastball in my mm. head. And that so I you was, were afraid. I was afraid. Fear, you were a coward. Coward is uh, ruined Fear the was my main motivator at that point. Gotcha. Um, and it certainly affected my ability. But I would also submit that um, if you ask someone to say to to make discrete, rational changes to their approach, and I would say not just baseball. If you ask people to do that in life, it's right. having to be conscious and not being able to lose yourself in whatever it is you're doing. I think lose yourself in the music. No, not necessarily the music. You want it? You hey, listen, Bates. Let it go. Bates, we could get serious here for a second. No, no. one's listening anyway. Uh, that's a good point. No, but um, if every second you spend trying to alter your strengths, I I think is I would submit, and th- this might be applied more to like sort of like how one lives one's life than it does to baseball skills per se. But I think it's a mistake. I'd say I'd say with baseball players, I say let them. Let them do what they do, and hopefully it works out. But you're not going to ever... I don't think you're going to make them better... Um, I don't think you're going to make them better by altering their approach. I would agree with that, and especially if you're talking about somebody who's been in the league for years and years and years, um, who has had success with a particular approach. Right. Um, you're, you're looking that success in the mouth and, and saying you don't want it. You would rather have something different and then that gets ruined. Right. And I, that should be true because it also be said like as we're talking about this Jose Bautista obviously he altered his approach. Right. Because it wasn't working for him. Right. And something and something happened. And of course I'm, I'm sure this is something that, ha- that there are a number of examples of this happening with pitchers. Whether it's a question of adding a new pitch. Right. Or it's a question of you know a mechanical change um, you know that allows them uh, you know, to maintain their arm slot more easily, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that exists. Uh, but in the case of someone like Dunn, who is so clearly Adam Dunn, right? Then, then trying to alter that seems like it would be a mistake. Especially since, you know, I mean, he's hit he's hit 40 home runs before. That's yeah, so well, many home runs. Adam Dunn without the walks is Brian Kingman. 
or not Brian Kingman. I mean um, uh, Dave Kingman. Dave Kingman. Dave Kingman. Brian no, if, King, if Brian, Kingman, Brian Kingman would be uh, a twenty-game loser. Um, <laughs> did he play for the Twins? No, he did not. Played for the A's. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, so did so Dave Kingman, but <laughs> Dave Kingman. So Dave Kingman, best case scenario. Yeah. Um, Brian Kingman, worst case. Yeah. Oh, that could be. That could be awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, so it, it is a strange thing. Have you ever, let me ask you this, let me, because um, this is something that you might be able to speak to. Okay. Um, if you can't, let me know. Do you feel as though you've ever attempted personally, so let's talk about the Adam Dunn effect here, or, the, or the, this white this effect from the White Sox. You, the mean, white, you mean applying it more broadly? Yeah, right, or applying it to, like, how we live our lives. Mm. Because I think that, you know, baseball is full of... Th- uh, ready metaphors, and here's here's one. Okay. Can you think of something, an instance where you've tried to, uh, like, rationally change behavior to become less like Michael Bates, but more palatable to the world? <laughs> um, when when I meet when I when I was single and trying to meet women, yes, yeah, <laughs> and that did not go well. Um, what, would you, what would you try and do? I, I, be far cooler than I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have, I mean, I guess the, the problem is that usually when you're like, okay, I'm going to try and act cool now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you don't necessarily know what that looks like already. Well, but d- does Adam Dunn know what not being Adam Dunn looks like? Which is the problem. Right. Right? He's like, oh, so any pitch on the inside you want me to swing at. Right, right, right. Right. Which he said, because he said, he said that previously he was sort of a guesser. Right. And, you know, he, he would hit a lot of home runs doing that. He also missed a lot of pitches. There were a lot of pitches he also didn't swing at. But he was a good guesser. Yeah. Or a, a good enough guesser. What, what would be... I'm going to pry a little bit more. What would be being cool for you? Um, Can you... I mean, please embarrass it, yourself. It, it's been a very long time since I've been a single man, Carson. Uh, I, uh, I... I think... Because uh, I've been married since... Uh, since 2004 to a beautiful and lovely woman. Yeah. Who, yeah almost 10 years. Yeah. yeah, 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 uh, and and met her in 2001. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Since so I, you would have been. So you're with 34 now. 33. I am. I'm 34. Yeah. So you would have been in your early 20s then. I would have been. I was uh, 22, okay, 22 when I when I met my wife. When you met your wife, and what was your uh, romantically? What was your life like before then? Um, a series of monogamous relationships. Uh, you're, you're serial, serial monogamous. monogamous. Yeah, serial yes. monogamous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because, uh, and, and probably for the same reason that it was for me, is that I know I would say to myself, this, I'm, I may not It's find very stressful. I, but I would say I may not find another one after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's stressful to try to find uh, a woman who can tolerate me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, trying to be more tolerable, uh, <laughs> less, um, uh, you know, trying to tone down my need to be acknowledged and paid attention to mm-hmm. um, to uh, now is it is, is it a situation uh, with your with your parents in love you or are you just annoying <laughs> by nature oh mostly by nature yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. it's just uh, it's just innate yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where I uh, you know if I if I tell a joke and I feel like people didn't hear it well enough uh-huh. you'll repeat maybe it maybe it needs to be repeated two or three more times yeah uh until I feel like it gets the the joke it, or the the laughter it deserves, mm-hmm. like like I had a series of uh, 
Ben Rivera's fast jokes that uh, that I kept telling to my heterosexual life mate Bill Parker. Yeah, I know him. Who uh, and his funny shaped head, and uh, I uh, and he would never laugh, so I just kept telling that joke. What's? Can you give me an example? Uh, that. Uh, and can you also mind? How, oh, am I dropping my beer? I'm you sorry. You should also be careful with your foot here. <sighs> Yes. Yeah. See, I've got lots of energy. Yeah. So, um, so tell me, do yeah, toning have, down the energy is another. Thing. Do you have a Ben Revere joke? Uh, that Ben think? Revere was. Uh, well, this is one that I, when I wrote the, uh, I wrote his player comment for the, uh, for the baseball prospectus mm-hmm. uh, annual, that uh, he was so fast he got traded before the book was published, and I had to, I had to uh, revise this. Player comment, uh-huh. so it was something like that. But yeah, and you were ha- you were happy about that. I joke. was very happy about that joke. Yeah. I was I'm I'm nothing if not endlessly amused by my own cleverness. And so, and so then you felt the need to repeat to to Bill Parker several times, several times. Several now, times. now, here's a question. So you had said it once to him, yeah. And then, and did he hear you when you said it? I uh, I I'm sure he did. It was over GChat. Oh, it was over GChat. So, and then what was his reaction? So far as you could tell, uh, crickets mostly. Okay. And then, and so this was not satisfying for you. No, it was definitely not emotionally, physically satisfying. And for so, me. what you did decided to do was come back with it. Yeah. Um, you know, Ben Revere jokes write themselves in various. Mm-hmm. You know. He's so fast. He's already made the Phillies hate him. Right, the Phillies fans. Uh, you know, and, and they're, so they're and not funny jokes, Carson. So, you, but so they're funny uh, to me. It's a series of so fast jokes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you will repeat them uh, to Bill ad nauseum. Ad nauseum, literally till he's thrown up on his own shoes. Absolutely. <laughs> if I could make him do that, I would. <laughs> I would win. So you somehow, so you somehow parlayed that. Into into uh, meeting a woman and then somehow fooling her into marriage. Yes, it's yeah, amazing. But um, and and she has not left me yet, or murdered me in my sleep. Yeah. So did you uh, did you have to tone anything down with her at first? No. You know what? It, the the weird thing is that uh, we we met actually at Bill's wedding. Uh, right. His uh, his wife. And my wife uh, were best friends growing up. Bill and I were best friends growing up. Right. Um, those two married each other, and we were the best man and maid of honor, which is a fairly disgusting story to have to tell. Uh, embarrassingly so. And uh, it was a dry wedding. Uh, they, they, really? Yeah, they were, they were not big fans of the alcohol, uh, Bill and his wife. At the time, mm-hmm. um, since then, Bill has had to start drinking uh, fairly regularly just to live with himself. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole package. Yeah. Plus, he has children. Yes, yeah, that'll drive you to drink. Uh, he uh, so, but the day before the wedding, they organized a trip to Disneyland. For uh, the so, was the, so the wedding was in California? It was. Okay, right. uh, to Disneyland for the entire wedding party. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, dry wedding, dry weekend. Um, so my the, the maid of honor and I uh, slipped away mm-hmm. in the middle of the day uh, under the auspices of going to find a place to get reservations for dinner. Naturally. In the Disney Village. And uh, after doing that, we ended up at the House of Blues for two hours, drinking 
um, and getting fairly wasted, uh, and then going back to this dry wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I made her ride the teacups, and she greatly enjoyed that. Uh, was there, there was no vomiting, though. No, there was not. Okay, yeah. Not It was not for lack of trying on my part. Uh, and then on the ride home in the limousine, I serenaded her with uh, the, the vinyls classic, I Touch Myself, and... We could both. Which unfortunately, I think yeah, she did just pass away. She passed, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so that was that was really what made her fall in love with me. That was I romance, think. yeah, yeah. They're like they say romance is dead, but when you serenade a woman with "I touch myself," it it makes them melt. It, it dies again. <laughs> it, dies, it dies many deaths. You reanimate it only to kill it again. I don't know if you're familiar with the the book uh, "Us" or "Us" by Chris Batchelder. I am not. Um, it's it's a story about Upton Sinclair. Okay. Um, being uh, reanimated from the dead. Oh, good lord! And then, mur- and then murdered in he different ways. He would not like this. Um, this, this. Yeah, but it's it's funny though because he comes back and he can still talk, and he's going on and on about, uh, uh, you know, typically like workers' rights or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. some sort of other injustices, and then people assassinate him again, and then like college undergraduate boys will reanimate him to seem more attractive to. Uh, college undergraduate <laughs> girls because they're like, look, it's Upton Sinclair. He's got ideas about the working man. Will you have sex with me? That's very useful in college. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Let, let's uh, let's continue on on um, your peccadillos. Are we really? And, uh, yeah. Well, I don't okay. know. That's fine with me. <laughs> I don't mind it. What um, you you do seem. You see, you you seem to like uh, conversation. I do. Yeah, conversation is fun. But um, you also do seem as though you seem because I, I and probably what I'm noticing you is something I have in myself too. Is I think that you have a tendency, and maybe it's just with someone like me. We know each other fairly well. Yeah, fairly well. But, but I wouldn't say we're best friends. You seem to need to. I'm gonna need to drink more. <laughs> you seem to. Yeah, and so here we go. You seem to need to punctuate most comments with a joke. Or with something that, that that you think is a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it should be noted. Something that approximates a joke in my. No, do you think mind? that that comes yeah. out of place of a strength where you say, where you say, I want to make the conversation fun, or do you think it's 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 a like learned habit because you have nothing else going for you <laughs> that if you want to keep conversations going with people that you at least need to show that you're trying to be funny or. Um, or is it even something from a, from a more gruesome place, do you think? Like, and I think the way you answer this will help me learn about myself a little bit, like, too. Like a, a more gruesome place? Like, well, just that you... Um, like desperately needing people to like me? Is that... That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you feel? I think that there's a there's a healthy amount of that. Yeah. You know, there's a... There's a, um, there's a false modesty masking a, a great amount of... Uh, arrogance, mm-hmm. which covers for a lot of insecurity. So it's layers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like you're like um, you're a, you're like an onion, both in that you have layers and also that you can make most people cry <laughs> <laughs> by by revealing those layers. Right. Yeah. And tastes delicious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially after. I mean, I like raw onions, but I think sautéed, especially. Yeah. 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 If you sauté me, it would be delicious. See, there you go. I yeah. often would like to put you into burning hot oil. <laughs> So there's there's that angle. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I think there's there's a there's a desire to keep conversations uh, light and pleasant, mm-hmm. uh, but there's also a, a fairly 
um, what um, compulsive desire to be needed and, mm-hmm. and liked. Yeah. Um, well, we sort of t- talked about this a little bit too. Um, to be needed and liked. I think that also, um, in I'm immediately getting out of my intellectual or comfort zone. Sure. In that, I want to invoke the idea of dopamine. I'm a little bit. I'm. I'm. I'm interested. I guess in the way neurotransmitters work. Okay. And how they influence our behavior. Again, I don't know very, very much about it. I've done, you know, the sort of like popular science reading that one can do about it. But I know, for example, um, no, I was talking about this with uh, Sam Miller and Ben Lindbergh the other day. Okay. We were doing our simulcast with Effectively Wild. Right, right. And Sam says that he is guilty of being a, uh, you're, you're a serial monogamous. He's a serial Yahoo refresher, he says. So he's, he has a, he has a fantasy, he has, um, he has a fantasy team. And it's very difficult for him not to refresh constantly. Gotcha. He's always, I don't know how he does it, control R, control R, control R, to see... F5. F5, fine. To see how, to see if there's new, like, if he's been assessed points or however it works on his Yahoo Fantasy team. Um, and I know that in other ways, that I've certainly am a serial refresher, whether it's email, going back, especially yeah, like, yeah. if I'm writing a post, I, I go back to my email all the time, all the time. And... Furthermore, uh, page reviews. Not that I have re- received that many, but right. um, I always, but as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm perpetually worried about um, being fired. Sure. And so I look to you uh, would. I, yes, for reason. And I look to the page views to say, I, like, have I hit like at least a threshold that seems like has one person read it? Right. You know. And um, but I think what's happening is every time you refresh, right. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the neurotransmitter dopamine is released because you have that moment, like a gambler does, you have that moment of indecisiveness where anything could happen. Sure. Right? And then even though the activity itself is not particularly pleasant, ultimately, like you never feel like, like I'm never like, yeah, like I'm never like, what is it, uh, Jonah uh, in, in Moneyball? Oh, 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 oh. When yeah, he's yeah. a pump... Uh, pump uh, when he makes the... Yeah. He, yeah. He, is it, who, who the hell is it? It's uh, 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 Jonah. Uh, I said the Jonah first Hill. Thing. Jonah Hill. Right, when he pumps his fist uh, when they've acquired with the, le- the left-hander. Um, Rincon? Yeah, right, Ricardo Rincon. So I've never, I never actually feel like that sort of level of elation, mm-hmm. but there are little doses of it. Okay. And I, I'm thinking that maybe... I mean, does that seem like it would apply to what you're looking for? Yeah, no, I think that's true, and I think that's that's why at one point I did absolutely check follower accounts fairly uh, regularly, or, or yeah, follower accounts on Twitter or uh, readers on on uh, Google Analytics or um, now comments. Uh, comments, yeah, absolutely. Com- like you know, Dave Brown's absolutely right. You never go into the comments except I do uh, if if I feel like. There's a well, especially for what you write. Well, sure. Well, I <laughs> constantly need to defend myself. Um, the you know, if there's a if there's a decent conversation there to be had, mm. I think that's that's great. Um, but um, you know, I I do have kind of a need to not only see if people are talking about me, but to engage with those people. Well, even if they're you know not talking about me in a good way. Well, you get into you get into. Fights. You're snippy. I have. You're I snippy have. on the internet. I'm, I'm a little snippy, yeah. You've referred to unnamed um, Red Sox beat reporters as 
Douches? Colossal douches? Sure. Uh, you have many different names. You have, uh, I see you get into arguments. You you get very, uh, you're quick. In, uh, I'm not charging you with this. No, no, just, no. Just, you're, no, I am. You're I am. quick to react to um, what you regard as uh, certain... Injustices? Uh, injustices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, for reasons that are a little bit mysterious to me, but I'm curious about how you feel about your decision to do it, you will jump on them. Do you want another one of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, can I get a... Uh, how is the arena? Very good, very good. I'll get an arena. Thank you. Thank you. You um, you are quick to respond to those. What do you think it is about it that that, that makes you want to get involved with it? Um, you, and, like, for example, too, like, with regard to gun control. Yeah, yeah, You've tweeted out uh, a couple times links to articles about, like, there was the very unfortunate incident recently in which a five-year-old killed a yeah, yeah. two-year-old sister or whatever. I mean, horrible. Terrible. But, in, but I will see a tweet from you that'd be like, like, that will, there is uh, some energy behind it. Oh, it makes me very angry. Right. When, when, when defenseless people are hurt. Okay. Uh, and so, or when people are maligned unfairly, don't have the ability to, to respond for themselves. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, I, I find that fundamentally unfair, and, and I guess that. But you'll also argue about pettier things too. Oh sure, <laughs> I'll argue about so. So, many so petty you, you seem to think that you, you seem to find something in expressing those beliefs publicly. Oh, that is good. That um, that merits that bears repeating or bears continu- uh, a continuation of that. Right? You'll go on to to continue to do it. I'm. Who knows? Maybe uh, just today you might. You gonna put salt in your beer? No, I'm gonna put uh, salt under the beer, and that way it doesn't stick to my napkin. Oh yeah. Okay, that's very a, good. That's a trick. So, so you seem you use Twitter in that way. I'm it, Twitter and perhaps other social media too. It, in uh, what what are your sort of thoughts on that? On your on your desire to keep using it that way? I, I mean. I don't know that I, and I think this is where sometimes I get into trouble, is that I don't always think about it before I, before I talk. I mean, there have been times where I react to something, and, and my reaction is um, entirely uh, misinterpreting what's going on mm-hmm. or or over the top. Um, I think I, I called somebody, oh, who was it? Oh, the, uh, the Padres... Uh, Oh, the president yeah. who made comments about Zach Greinke, and I called him a terrible human being, uh, and I had to walk those back because I mean because it's it's both important to me that other people are fair, and that I am fair, both that I treat other people fairly and that I'm I, I'm fair about myself, and, mm-hmm. and that I if I make a mistake I atone for it. I'm, I'm very Catholic in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, atonement is important. To me, I guess, um, not punishment, but but for people to feel badly if they've treated other people badly, right? Um, and I guess, I guess I just have this pathological need to to express that. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, I, I don't know that I always think about how I'm using Twitter when I'm using Twitter, um, unless I'm promoting a piece that I did. Um, but I am. I do recognize that that's a significant part of who I am on both in life and on Twitter, um, and that 
you know, that's that's just kind of part of the package. I think that's also, in some cases, why some people follow me, is that there's a lot of indignation behind my tweets in a lot of cases, uh-huh. uh, whether that's righteous or, or, or just feels righteous, even if it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um... How can it be? How can it be wrong if it, if it feels so righteous? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, you know, but I, you know, I, I think, I think I've also um, tried to be conscious about how uh, those reactions get. Uh, I think I've tried to be conscious about how those reactions. About when when I react like that, mm-hmm. so, so something like, excuse me, uh, something like the something related to gun control, which again I, I we're not going to get really political on here about my beliefs, but um, well, but we know, could when, agree that it's unfortunate when when a when a child dies. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I but like. For instance, the things that John Heyman has been pointing out lately about war mm-hmm. and how um, vastly um, players who look incomparable um, in something like war um, this early in the season, weird things happen where Elliot Johnson looks the same as Mark Reynolds. Um, I think was his latest one. And I think the, I, I've come to realize that, that those are really useful questions. You know, Colin Wires of Baseball Perspectives had a really great column on that the other day. Um, that we should not only uh, we we should respond well to we should not necessarily respond well, respond productively to questions about baseball, about stats, about. And not shut down debate. Um, and I, 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 I've tried to be more cognizant of that when it's not related to Jeff Bagwell and performance enhancing. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. The, the point that the Colin, Colin makes in that piece, I, I feel like for me it's um, common common sense. Yeah, we you know we oh, have I different agree. we have different approaches. I'm much less likely to engage people. Yeah. Um, and that comes out of a number of things. Uh, probably comes out of um, the amount of Paxil I take, <laughs> which is designed to shut me down. Um, and because I, I can't feel I can't feel outrage because uh, if I do, it destroys my tiny body. Oh wow! Um, and it also comes out of the fact that some days, some days I'm, I'm entirely going on outrage. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're a dad. I mean, that's you, true. You can't because you, you can't sleep. Yeah. Although maybe you're, I don't know. Is your sleep pattern decent now? Nah, I got four hours last night. Uh, that's not a lot. I mean, I know. You know, I got like it wouldn't s- have been a lot, or it would have been okay if I was still like in college. But yeah, not at this not, age. Not at this age. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. Um, no, but okay. like a, a comment like okay, swarthy Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, I know. I don't look good today. <laughs> I admit it. I can guarantee that. But I will say that like a, like so like a comment like wires for me is to say. I mean, the way I would approach John Heyman's comment is I just be like, well, you know, Elliot Johnson's receiving a lot of credit for defense, mm-hmm. and those metrics yeah don't become reliable 
you know, until like a huge amount of innings. So it's just like I'm just not worried about it. I guess at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Heyman was receiving. Was he receiving replies that were like, "Shut up, John yeah. Heyman." Oh. oh, absolutely. And uh, but that's I would also and, see and, that's and the because, internet because I've had a complicated history with John Heyman. Um, Does he know about it? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think he's at least a little bit aware. Because uh, like last year, um, he relayed some stories that turned out to be slightly inaccurate. Mm-hmm. We called him on the carpet for that. Uh, and he responded, and that's nice. And, and he corrected himself for the most part. Um, but no, he doesn't need to concern himself with mm-hmm. people like me. So uh, I wouldn't say that we have a thing, but... Uh, but other people see, like, me respond to something he has said in the past. And then if they've got something to say about John Heyman, include me in that discussion. Uh, okay. And it's very, it's very awkward when I feel like somebody, when I feel like he's trying to further the debate. And, and I think that's, that's a good thing. This is coming off way too pretentious. I don't think it's pretentious mm-hmm. right now. Um, oh, good. Um, yeah, well, let's, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, the, so the, the way we started off with this was discussing your your tendency to make your... Bombastic statements of the yeah, internet? To, to make your outrage known. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've covered that part. Yeah. Let me just put a check mark. I had written outrage here. Oh, come really? You did. You did write outrage. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I usually only have three things written here. Byron Buxton. Oh yeah. That, that, those comments may not even make the podcast. Really? Yeah. That's a shame. He's he's really quite good. Okay. So Peter Gammons had uh, a really nice thing to say about him the other day. Mm-hmm. Something like he's half Justin and BJ Upton and half fantastic. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting tweet. Wait, for um, it should be said that that Byron Buxton is playing very well. Um, because I probably will cut out that part before, but the, oh man, the, but he's played very well. But the interesting thing is that last year's draft was considered a down draft. Yeah, um, and, and he wasn't the number one pick; he was the number two pick. Right, yeah, but I think we could say that like, an, uh, so like, no, it's considered a down draft, probably only because Bryce Harper has gone number one uh, the year before, sure. and then before that, Steven Strasburg, which is not really fair in terms of company, but. Um, Buxton's not even 20 yet, and yeah. he's hitting very well. Yeah, he's hitting very, very well. Uh, you know, at high A, which this is, that's a challenge. Um, it's not, you know, it's not as great a challenge as the major leagues, but, you know, we'll see. It look, he does appear as though he's uh, the real thing. Do you heavily edit these? I No. In fact, I just choose a starting point. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was, uh, I thought it was and a little chose, bit... You chose that it would be sometime after... Byron Buxton. Our, our baseball conversation. I thought our I thought it, just the it beginning got a little dry. No, no. I thought it was. Um, I thought we were nervous. Oh, yeah. Well, I I was tapping my foot a lot. You were also tapping your foot, but I know. But I, I do this a lot though. Do I, you? I frequently will cut out the first ten or fifteen minutes. I do it even in the hmm. Dane the Dane Perry podcast. Yeah, well, there's so much to cut out of the Dane Perry podcast. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, you could bleep most of the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, you kind of got to you got to start at a point where you're going to have to bleep out the least. Yeah. But but uh, talk, sitting across the the table talking like this is not a, like a natural thing. No, it's really not. And so I think I mean so it's weird for me. I will say that it's great to have this situation with the microphone in the middle though. Uh, once you get used to it, yeah, I think it's great because you can anticipate when the other person is or isn't talking mm-hmm. or has a point to make. You're not interrupting, precisely. But but that's something that happens 
Um, and, of course, and well, so it's something that happens on phone conversations all the time. Right. Um, it makes it difficult. But I know, like, even you used to do with Larry Granillo. And, and Bill, yeah. And Bill, you guys used to do the Blog Talk Radio podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was even stranger because there was, like, a delay or something. Or you guys would have to – you'd be like, okay, Larry was like, I'm going to talk first and then Bates and then Bill. Yeah. And then Larry and then Bates and then Bill or something like that. You would go in that order. Yeah, we did. But just, it was – I assume that was to, to get over that. To yeah, avoid, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is a strange thing. How do you do that? Um there's some quality music going on here, by the way. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Well, I could just start crooning. You actually, you have a good voice. I, I like to think I do. Yeah. You were in, uh, you were in, in a, uh, what, acapella group. I was. In college. Yeah, Pitch Perfect was kind of uh, the story of my, my college years, yeah. Um, regrettably, have not seen that movie. You have not seen that movie. Um, it's quite my amazing. My 12-year-old sister loves it. Oh, well, <laughs> strong endorsement there. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But um, you not uh, you and Bill were both in acapella. Yeah, well, no, he was not in an acapella group. He was in choirs. Oh, okay. Um, and, and So you're more like all about the streets. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm hip, Yeah, as the kids say. The, uh, you, were you, you were in a... Uh, you were in an acapella group at at Colby. At Colby College, yeah. Yeah, and what's the acapella group there? Uh, the there are several. Okay, which uh, one? In a school of eighteen hundred students, when I left, we had like seven acapella groups. Mm-hmm. Um, something like ten percent of the college was in an acapella group. Um, I was in a, a group called the Megalomaniacs. Okay, uh, which was a co-ed acapella group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do more things with coeds. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> in, in so in many different so ways. So many different ways. <laughs> um, and uh, that was that was very fun. Uh, yeah, Th- that's like acapella groups are now. Of course, uh, I went to a, a an important uh, New England boarding school. You did. Um, the college you went to is the sort of college uh, to which we were. Permitted to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nice to hear. Um, and I'm assuming that uh, you met people at Colby who had gone to important doing good boarding schools. Possibly. I guess I, don't, I never really uh, asked people whether they went that to private so schools or public boarding school schools. Or, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I, mean, I, came, I, I came from public schools. So immediately, I, I would really have said, "Well, where did you go? Where did you go to school?" And oh. then you would have said something like, "Yeah, Greater Minneapolis Public Mount, Schools, Mounds View High School." Yeah, in, I would have said, in, "Well." Minneapolis. Is uh, then I would have said, uh, "See you four years of graduation, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> so I would have treated that. I see. So you were, uh, you were in the megalomaniacs. I was. Oh, oh yeah. So this is a phenomenon though that occurs. I sure. I, mean, I assume they have them at public schools, public colleges. But it's something that having a smaller group of people so that you could have events, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if there's not as much going else. And on then campus. you support one another, and right. Yeah, and I'm guessing like. Maybe I'm guessing Colby hockey is decent. Yes, Colby hockey is very decent. And maybe like lacrosse and soccer, okay? Uh, probably. I, I didn't really pay much attention. I, the the Colby during my freshman year, uh, the Colby football team was written up in Sports Illustrated for for uh, they lost. uh Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Let's uh, ignore that. Um, for uh, losing to Hamilton College, mm-hmm. twenty-eight to nothing. Yeah. Uh, we had the ball 13 times, <laughs> and we did not score, and we never punted. 
Neither scored nor punted. Nor punted. Uh, a combination of turnovers. Turnovers, missed field goals, and ending both halves with the ball. Wow. Yeah. And and going ever going for it on fourth down? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that too. And 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 it not really working out for them. Wow. Yeah. So that happened. That was a terrible football team uh, that year. Uh, all of whom could beat the shit out of me. But, uh, <laughs> but, but a decent basketball team. Okay. But the point is that at a school like that, yeah. um, especially, it's what is it, like in Augusta or something near Augusta? Waterville, Maine. Waterville, Maine. So you're not going to – you're not necessarily going out on the town. <laughs> <laughs> what town? In Waterville, Maine. So it's more campus-oriented. Um, yes, very campus oriented, right? And there were no Greeks when I was there, um, because you because um, because a school like Colby prejudice. doesn't accept Mediterranean <laughs> prejudice, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no uh, fraternities or sororities, um, and uh, so. Uh, well, my grandfather went to Bowdoin, uh-huh. and he was uh, he was ripped when they took away the the, oh, the Greek I system. Bet they would because he had been not only a member of a of a fraternity, he I mean he knew. Like any time that he's met anyone from that same fraternity afterwards, he would know the special handshake or whatever okay. of that fraternity. And he was, yeah, he was not a, he was not pleased. Yeah, we. Uh, so I think maybe uh, extracurriculars like acapella mm-hmm. took the place of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah of, of Greeks. Right. Uh, Just other sort of social. Yeah, group of friends that you hang out with constantly. Four Pretenses upon which to gather. Yes. Right. Mm. And drink. Drink. So. Uh, now, the thing about the acapella groups is they're funny because of, the, of because of what they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a bunch of ridiculous. young people, usually dressed in ties, and then you Wanna say, be rock stars. and you're gonna say, you're gonna say we're gonna do we go a little bit closer. Oh, sorry. You say we're gonna um, sing these popular songs, typically. Yes. And then occasionally uh, we will have a number of white people on percussion. <laughs> Almost entirely white people. Yeah, on yeah. yeah. and uh, they're funny. I actually did go through though recently. Uh, you're familiar with Flight of the Concords? Yes, tremendous show. Uh, they had a song, Carol Brown. Yeah, um, it's just the choir of ex-girlfriends. Yes, and I fell into a YouTube black hole, um, finding different um, arrangements of or performances of Carol Brown. Oh, choir, really? The choir of ex-girlfriends on the internet. And oh, the thing that's is, it's a song that's actually uh, performed. Uh, with some frequency by by actual choirs and acapella groups. Oh, that's excellent. And so I was doing a comparative study. Uh, it was, it's one of the, the so far as YouTube black holes go, it was uh-huh. one of the ones that left me least feeling least dirty at the end. <laughs> you know, and uh, but it was actually because I really like that song. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a great song, and I could see how it fit well with that. But um, yeah, some of the like high school or college acapella groups. It's like you're like excited because they're excited, but you're also a little embarrassed because they're excited. Oh, see, I, I don't know if I ever got that vibe. I mean, maybe, but that's probably because I was in one, and you so in I one, was yeah. like, yeah, this is this is just this you, is normal. You, you just enjoyed it, um, but uh, you know, it was kind of a you enjoy the music and, and you're excited, and everybody responds to the enthusiasm and, and the occasional. Uh, Comment about sex that you work into your into your uh, concert, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you're also uh, passable singers. Right. Um, 
and uh, and everybody likes to pretend that they're rock stars. So, well, uh, so I was in a comedy improv group. You were in college. I've heard this story. Yeah, and so. So I'm telling you, you could stop. No, but, no, but it's the, the same thing, though. It's like, oh. it's like, yeah, yeah, you, good job. You're in the comedy improv. You're funny. Group. We enjoy, but, we enjoy watching you. But also, I, I apologize that you're in a comedy improv. Group. Yes, because it's the same sort of thing. It's like it's a weird. We enjoy watching you because it's you, but not because you're destined for better things. Right. Although some of my, I, I am aware of that. Do you as want well. me to keep? Are you going to name drop? Is that what you're going to do? I don't. I don't have to do that. Actually, do you know who was in the comedy group with me? Was Max Dickman. <laughs> You're making up names. I'm not. Max Dickman was in it. That's that's really a name drop. Max Dickman. Max Dickman is a uh, sports writer for, I believe, the New York Daily News now. You're just making up names. I'm googling it. You he's, can't. He's a really nice guy. It's a that's a pseudonym. Uh, Max Ma- Dickman. Max Dickman sports. That's not a real thing. Uh, New York. He was with uh, AM New York, which was a paper there. I think I'm saying Max. Look, I'm a guy who used to write with a pseudonym. I know a pseudonym when I hear one. Max Dickman yeah. is definitely a pseudonym. No, Max Dickstein. Ah. Do you know that name? Uh, no. But still. Yeah, he writes for the Daily still News. Still sounds like. A no, pseudonym. he writes for the Daily News. Cram it. He. Uh, yeah, he, he. He. He was a. I think he was at one point the sports editor for the. Colombian or whatever the sports paper is there. Okay. Uh, he went on to work for AM New York, and now he's uh, an assistant sports editor at the New York Daily News. Oh, yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. So that's happening. Right on. Yeah. Actually, another of my classmates who did not work on the paper at the time, Sam. Uh, Sam is now the assistant editor of uh, the sports section at the New York at the New York Times. Huh. Yeah. They're doing much better than you are. <laughs> What's his name? Do you New feel, York Times, do you feel inadequate? Yeah. Okay. I do frequently. Um, to be fair, though, I didn't come from a very good family, so. <laughs> but you went to a fine boarding school. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm like... Um, like a were you like were you a Gats- Chris- it's like a Gatsby situation. Were you the Chris right? O'Donnell of that boarding school? N- no, wait. Who was O'Donnell? Was he like the, the scent of a woman? Hooah! Hooah! He's the he's the kid on scholarship at the at the boarding school. I was on scholarship. Oh, um, yeah. See, that was that was my that was my question. You answered it in the affirmative. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I was. Welcome back to my podcast. <laughs> Sam Dolnick. Sam Dolnick is the. Uh, is now the um, deputy sports editor at the time. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're doing better than I am. Uh, they were destined to do better than I was. No, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, but lots of us are. I wasn't. Uh, no, I wasn't Chris O'Donnell necessarily because that's a little bit overwritten. But um, <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, I was not. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. I had plenty of financial aid, and they couldn't have gone without. It was cheaper for me to go. To boarding school than it was to have me at home. Was it really? Yeah, huh. because free food huh? and living. So okay. yeah, I mean it cost. It came out to it cost like one or two thousand dollars a year, which and, is. And they saw some kind of promise in you. Don't know actually. I think there might have been. They might have had a quota on people they had to accept from New Hampshire. <laughs> so I think that might have been it. Um, oh, that was a snort. You made yeah, me snort. Well, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, I think that might have been it. Okay. So, yeah, I ended up there. But, um, 
uh, but I enjoyed my time there. Um, yeah, not Dickman, Dickstein. Uh, right, but it, it was the idea. It's the idea of the comedy group, right? Where it's like, so Dickstein was in the group with me. That's the that's the name I'm dropping. That's the point. Right. Um, yeah, he was in the even the group. Other talented people. But the thing is, like, regardless of what you're doing, you're still in a comedy improv group at college. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, on the one hand, you're like... We're, it has we, no real-world importance. We're really enthusiastic about it, is the idea. But what is it actually? Right. And what are you accomplishing? People come to your shows... People came to our shows, even though I think that there were legitimately funny, funny people in our group. People came to our shows at least half out of pity, I would say. <laughs> um... Especially because that was in New York. See, like we were in New York already. Yeah, see, in the middle of Maine, yeah. they come to your shows out of boredom. Right. Like, yeah. there's nothing else to do that weekend unless uh, the college has paid for Run DMC to come up or the did Black they ever Crows. Do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Run, okay. Run DMC, uh, Black Crows, um, Guster, and. Uh, well, Blues Traveler. Did Blues Traveler Blues come? Traveler did not make it. Uh, the Indigo Girls made it at one point. How about Super Chunk? Uh, Super Trump did not make it. I'm you know, so, um, at one end of the year celebration at Columbia, we had a we had a concert. Two two groups. First one, Super Chunk. Oh wow! And then after Super Chunk, uh, Nas. Nas. Yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in quite a long time. Nas Nas was super late. He showed up in like a like a a Ford Duster from like the seventies. Wow. And he just he just drove up onto campus, walked onto the stage, and started singing. Excellent. Yeah. And then he invited all of the women onto his all stage. All the ladies, yeah. Yeah. All and, the ladies um, to get disrobed. And uh, that's not the story of how I lost my virginity. It came, <laughs> a, it came after that. <laughs> it came after that. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that would be a good story to have on your podcast. How? How you lost your virginity. How I lost my virginity? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine it was... Embarrassing and awkward in some ways. Yeah. Did yep. she mistake you for a swarthy Jamie Kennedy? Um. Which I'm realizing you look like with with your glasses off. The um. I uh, I'm trying to look for the words to deflect this conversation. They're not coming to me because it's you you've touched on. <laughs> yes, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it did not go well. Um. Did it not go well because, sometimes, sometimes because a, you looked like Jamie Kennedy? Sometimes a woman will say, uh, um, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> sometimes she'll say hurtful things afterwards. Yeah. I know the, how that goes. <laughs> what, is our, what is our constraint here? We've recorded mean? for an hour. Have we? Yeah, I think we could keep at least 45 minutes of it. Sure. That's good. That's good. I mean, we could keep going. It's better than I was going to do. Talk about more. Uh, I'm going to run to the men's room. Uh, well, let's shut it down. Okay. All right. We can shut it down. That can be our announcement that we're stopping. Yeah. Well, Mike's got to pee, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just You have to this. evacuate. That's I the, do. That's the term. to evacuate my bladder. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, that has been the, the readily available Michael Bates. I am readily available. Uh, Today, at least. Yeah. Uh, I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been a um, haphazard edition <laughs> of Thank God Saudi. All right. Mm-hmm.